I, I've got something I want to share with y'all tonight, and, and forgive me if you think I, it's not that I can't come up with more to preach. It's that I just really am getting hung on something. And uh, so you, I'm probably going to say some things tonight. You're going to turn around here on Sunday. But uh, it's just got to be said. It's got to be said. It's got to be said. Amen. So I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1. And I want to share some word with you. And then I want to pray for you here at the end of service. And I just believe God's going to continue to do miracles. <clears throat> and let me preface all of this before I get going into it. Uh, it it's really weird. Things like this don't normally happen to me. I, 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 uh, as a young man growing up, you know, I was radically saved. I, I, my whole life changed and, and my family, we, we were, just became radical serving Jesus. And, and uh, you know, I've been through a, a lot of different, I, I don't, I'm gonna call them moves of God. You know, we've been at, in, to some kind of wild, crazy stuff. And we've been, you know, just kind of ebbed and flowed with whatever thing was going on. But, you know, I really felt like the Lord was, was just bringing us to a place as a church that we, we want to be the army of God. I want you to be strong, radical Christians. I don't want you to be flaky. I don't want you to be goofy. I don't want you to be, you know, overstimulated and, and, and emotional just for emotion's sake. Hello? I, I want to see strong men and women of God that can stand up and just stare the devil right in the face and say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. It's gone and that's over with and just go to the next one. We don't have to have a, you know, a 24 ounce seance, 24 hour seance to get something done. We just walk up there as powerful men and women of God. I've always said that I wanted to have a church that was more of like, you know, the Delta Force than just the general army, right? I, I don't want to just send all y'all as grunts out there knowing that there's so many of y'all going to get blown up and shot and killed. I, I want to go for the specialist. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Huh? The SEAL team, the whatever, the specialist in what we're doing, right? And so um, I, I haven't known what the Lord is doing in these days, to be honest with you. I mean, I've been praying and talking. I know God's got us under control. God is taken care of. I know that everything's going to be okay. I know we're going to come out of this thing. I don't know how it's all going to turn out, but I, I just don't really have, haven't had any real direction, but something's been happening to me since they locked us down with the COVID virus. So we'll, what, six months now. And, and it just sounds weird, but just believe me, I, I know what I'm talking about. I've been hearing war drums in my head and uh, I'd go to sleep at night and I would hear them. And then I would be praying and worshiping the Lord and I would stop and I would hear these drums. And, and, and uh, at first I just kind of thought, well, you know, I must have listened to some soundtrack that had some drumming in it and just kind of thought that was it. And then, and then it just keeps happening more and more and more. And, <clears throat> and I'm hearing it more and more and it's getting louder. And I've been talking to the Lord about it. And I said, Lord, you know, what am I, what is this? Why am I hearing this in the spirit? Why am I, I'm hearing these war drums, you know? And so um, I really believe that I'm going to share something with you right now tonight that is we're going to see happen. Okay. And, and I believe I'm getting a little bit of a tidbit. <clears throat> now, one thing, I'm a kind of a person that I don't, in my early days of, of walking with the Lord, I read a lot. I read a lot of books, a lot of books, a lot of books from different ministers and to stuff like this. But as I got, uh, 
more mature in the ministry, I got to where I didn't want to just read a, a book and then, you know, because then I felt like I was getting stirred to preach that. And I wanted to find out what the Holy Ghost was saying to this church specifically. So I kind of toned some of that back and toned some of the things back about who I was listening to. But here recently, I've been going on the Internet and I've just been trying to see what people that I know that I, I feel like they're good ministers and seeing what they're saying. I just want to hear what other people are saying. And, and so <clears throat> I keep hearing this, this same theme going on that, that these guys are saying that, you know, the problem is the church, Amen. that the church has become weak and the church has become anemic and the church is sick and the church is whatever. And, and you know, I mean, when you're here in Utopia and you're looking at Living Waters Church and we're looking at, you know, I'm looking at y'all and I'm seeing y'all defeat the devil on the left hand and the right. I'm seeing you, you know, overcome. I'm seeing you get free from freedom prayer and, and, and your life's changing. I'm seeing marriages put back together. I'm seeing people saved. I'm seeing people, families baptized. I'm, I, I, we're seeing all this going on, you know. Then I get to thinking, <clears throat> man, you know, I must not be doing right. I must not be, you know, uh, well, man, we're, we're, you know, I mean, the church is all anemic. Gosh, am I anemic? And I go to the Lord in prayer and I never hear anything, you know. And, and then I get to listen to what they're saying and I'm, I'm shocked. They're talking about, and I don't know where, who these churches all are, but I'm saying I'm hearing it multiple times from multiple ministers talking about, you know, the church that a lot of the churches are telling you that, you know, if you want to have people in your church, you can't use more than two scriptures uh, per service in the service or, you know, people are going to be turned off by that. That, that nobody preaches on the rapture. Nobody preaches on heaven. Nobody preaches on hell. Nobody gets people saved. Nobody gives an altar call. Nobody is. And I'm thinking, What? Because, I mean, y'all know me. I've been here for 27 years, and you know what kind of preaching I preach and what we do. And, you know, and, I, I, and, and now I was thinking I wasn't cutting the mustard, you know. And then now I'm listening to what they're saying. I said, good gosh, if the church is really like that, if that is the church of America and that's what it's become, well, then, man, we are on the leading, cutting edge. We're, I mean, y'all get a, you know, a dose of the Holy Ghost every service, so we must be on the leading, cutting edge. So I must not be way in the back. I must be leading us, you know, up front. And so now I start getting excited because I'm like, good gosh, they ain't preaching on this. And so anyway, <clears throat> so consequently, I got some real barn burners coming up that y'all are going to love, you know, so I'm going to affect y'all. But I, I got some good ones because um, anyway. So what I'm seeing is, is that, you know, if, the, if this is true, then the, the, the American church has gone to just trying to be a social club and not be a radically saved, Holy Ghost, Bible-believing, power-and-filled body that's going to rescue the world. I mean, folks, just y'all here tonight, those of you out there watching, do you know how many lives this church has affected? I mean, you start thinking about all the children in, in, in Guatemala, all the, the, the lives over the years. Folks, I mean, I have forgot more than what these people are preaching now. I'm not saying that as a braggadocious way. I'm just saying, my goodness gracious, we've been all over the Ukraine. We've been all over Russia. We've been all over Bulgaria. We've, you know, built churches and schools and Bible schools and been to Africa and Botswana and gone and then to these places like this. I've forgotten places that we've seen major revival in. Okay? And so what I'm saying is, We've been on the cutting edge, but we, we, we need to continue to maintain as a church radical Christianity. That we will not 
hold back for anything. We will not be stopped. That we, we gave our lives to Jesus. We become radical Christians, and radical Christians are who we're going to be. We are Bible-believing, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled people, and we're going to go forth, and that's what's going to happen. And you just better either accept us or get out of our way. So this the series is... You know, I don't know. The title may be Radically Saved. I don't know what this is called. But one of the things that I'm beginning to realize because I'm hearing these war drums is what Proverbs 28.1 says. It says, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Now, if you've ever seen a lion in the wild, not just the zoo, but you saw one lion. I've been able to see lions in the wild. When we were in Botswana, we saw lions. And lions, I mean, just to see them make you just want to cry. They're huge, huge animals, huge beasts. They can devour you in a second. I never forget that when we first got to the, to the mission field in Botswana, and, and, and they were saying that there'd been an accident and that, uh, that a man was eaten by a lion. And I was like, what? Like, just right out from where we were working. And I, what do you mean a man eaten by a lion? I said, oh, I don't th- we don't think he's a man eater because we think he was going for the horse that the man was riding, but then, you know, the man got killed. And I said, it don't make no difference. You're talking about a giant cat jumping out that killed the horse and the man and ate the man. And you're saying, oh, it's okay. We think he was going for the horse. I'm like, this is not okay. But the righteous are supposed to be bold as that line when we roar and everybody stops and says, ah. but right now we don't see that. Right now we don't see the lion. Right now we see, you know, yahoos and knuckleheads rising up and they're all making a, a noise and everybody's cringing and coming back. We don't see the righteous. We don't see the church rising up and saying, that is ridiculous. We're not going to let you do that. Did you know that in 2019 that, you know, because of a big rally from the Democratic Party and everything else going on and because of the cheating for the influx of COVID money that Planned Parenthood killed 345,000 babies last year over got a record number, record number of abortions last year. It's on a rise. Where is the American church standing up and saying, this is ridiculous. You're not going to murder children anymore. Crazy stuff going on. Signing in laws in California, letting uh, pedophiles do whatever they want to. And the American church is not rising up and saying, this is disgusting. You're going to stop it. And I'm talking about now. You want to see riot? We'll show you riot. Where are the righteous that are bold as lions? What's happened to them? Well, we're okay. We're saved. We know we're going to go to heaven. Everything's going to be okay, you know, and we know, you know. (laughs) And so we just took a passive role. I'm not going to do it. I believe the war drums that I'm hearing in my head is that we forget about that Jesus. There's two sides to Jesus, just like a coin has two heads or two sides. Yes, we have the Lamb of God who redeemed the world. Hear what I'm saying? We got the Lamb of God that went to the cross, that took the pain, took the whipping, took the scourging, took everything. The Lamb of God who went to the cross for you and I to to, to redeem us by his precious blood. The Lamb that would be slain for us. But on the other side of the coin, we have the Lion 
of the tribe of Judah. Let me just read you a little bit about the lion. Revelations 5, 5. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and loose its seven seals. There was nobody in heaven could open the seal, but the lion stood up. I like Revelations 19.11. I live for Revelations 19.11 through 16. It is one of my scriptures that I hold very dear to my heart because I know it's going to come to pass. And it says, now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he who sat upon him was called faithful and true. Now here, here, look at, this is a lion. This is not the lamb. This is the lion. All right. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And, is, and in righteousness, he judges and makes war. Years ago, I was in, I was in uh, uh, Corpus Christi, and I was praying with some people. And this doesn't happen to me often, but I was in this prayer meeting, and I was praying with these people, and, and, and I just, my heart was just, you know, grieved and, and I was praying and I, I knelt down and I was praying and man, boom, I had a vision. And this doesn't normally happen. That's not something that happens. This has happened to me like three or four times in my whole entire life of Christian life. And, and boom, I had a vision, open vision. I saw with my eyes, I saw I could see this just like a movie playing off of my head. And I saw this tent and this tent looked like you would see like Maybe in like a, the Roman tent, you know, it's kind of, I don't know how to exactly describe it. But all of a sudden, the tent door flew back, and this person stepped out. And when he stepped out, man, this guy was buff. This guy was strong. This guy had muscles ripping. He had, he had on, on like a leather uh, skirted vest like Romans used to wear. Had these straps on him. He had, you know, big chest. He was tough as a boot, had kind of long hair, and he turned and looked at me. I was in the back of me. He turned like this and looked at me with a sword in his hand, ready to go to war. When I saw him, I knew it was Jesus. And when I looked into his eyes and I saw the color of his eyes, it was the world. And I was like, oh, I mean, this, I mean, he was impressive. I mean, I was shocked. I was like, that is Jesus because he didn't look like no lamb. He looked like the lion. He was going to war and to make war. He was ready for war. Had his hand on the sword and he could just tell, man, he could, sl he could swing that baby. Oh, he comes to make war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except him. He was clothed with a robe dripped in blood and his name was called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. That's us. That's what I'm living for. Now out of the mouth, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he would strike the nations. And he himself, he himself, he himself, he himself, he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. Does that sound like a lamb? Does that sound like a tender little, little lamb that just gets burrs and gets stickers and, 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 and is going to get eaten by coyotes? That don't sound like that. That is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And it says, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, the King of Kings 
and the Lord of Lords. Let me tell you something. The line of the tribe of Judah is no one to be messed with. And people are messing with the line of the tribe of Judah right now. People are messing with Christianity. Do you realize that everything that is going on, listen to me, don't listen to me. Everybody out there listening to me and watching this, I want it to be known. I want it to be out there that I said it. I'm telling you, this is not about Democrat and Republican. I've told you this before. It's not about conservative and it's not about liberal. It is about the devil and God. It is about destroying the church in America. It is about getting us to shut up, getting us not to sing. Do you know I talked to Pastor Wynn over in Wales, and he told me that they're under major lockdown right now. They have locked them all down. And that you, that if you could go to church, you have to go out in your car, and all you can do is hum. Hum! In your car! Do not sing Christian songs. Hum in your car. And what are we going to do, church? How many people am I speaking to out there tonight that are going to really be radical Christians and rise up and say, this is enough is enough. This is the line of the tribe of Judah's time. The war drums are beating and the tribe and the line of, the, of Judah is coming and he is going to put an end to this because there's a war coming and the war that's coming is going to be led by he that is going to take the rod of iron and the wine press of the wrath of God. And he's going to bring that because he's sick and tired of people not walking in the things of God that he bought and paid for. And we cannot call ourselves Christians if we're not going to be the righteous who are bold as a lion. Another scripture I want you to look at. Look at Hosea 11.9. Hosea, Old Testament. Look what he prophesies about the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hosea 11.9. I will not execute the fiercest of my anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not man, the Holy One in your midst. And I will not come with terror. They shall walk after the Lord, and he will roar like a lion when he roars. Then his son shall come trembling from the west, and they shall come trembling like a bird from Egypt, like a dove from the, hand, the land of Assyria. I will let them dwell in their houses, says the Lord. He says when the lion roars, children are coming home. I think the lion is about to roar. I think the lion of the tribe of Judah is about to roar in the hearts of those Christians who will be radical for him. And when they walk in what he wants them to walk in, then you know what's going to happen? Then I'm going to tell you something. The true children of God are going to come home. See, now here's a problem. The problem is, is everybody thinks that everybody's going to get saved. And the truth of the matter is it's not. I've got a message coming up. It's going to take a while to get it developed and everything. And I'll just tell you what it is because it's... It, 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 See, when I got saved in 1985, you know, I, I never listened to Christian music. You know, I never listened to anything but, you know, country. And so I didn't know anything but Willie Nelson and, you know, those kind of people. And uh, somebody turned me on to a, a singer named Carmen. And I don't know if any of y'all remember Carmen. And uh, he had a lot of different songs. But he had this song out. It was called Radically Saved. And it was a, a kind of a bluesy kind of song. And, and in the song, he says, black is black and white is white. And hell is hot and sin ain't right. And God is holy and Christ is coming and righteousness will prevail. He said those words in the song and they stuck into my heart forever to this day. Matter of fact, I haven't heard the song. I forever had to go look it up on YouTube to make sure I was right. But that those verses stuck into my heart of that 
course. I guess that was a course. I don't know. Anyway. Hell is hot and sin ain't right. God is holy and Christ is coming and righteousness will prevail. I want to preach a message on that. Hell is hot and sin ain't right. Because I want to tell you something, folks. If the American church is out there and the American church is sitting there, well, then I want to tell you something. They need to know that hell is hot and sin ain't right because what they're doing is not of God. And there's a lot of Christians out there deceived, think that they're doing everything, that they're okay, and they're going to be, you know, they're going to be whatever. But I believe that judgment's coming, and it always starts at the house of God. And when the lion roars, the children of God will come home, but the ones that aren't the children of God, you know what's going to happen to them? They're going to fall under the wrath of God. They're going to fall under some very ugly, hard times. All right? I'm not saying they're not saved. I'm not going to say they're not going to make heaven, but they sure ain't going to be happy. Because hell is hot and sin ain't right. Black is black, white's white. That's the way it is. There ain't no gray. And the church has got to get up. Christians have got to rise up and say, man, we are in a time right now that it's not just a time for me to go lolly, lolly, lolly down the road. It's not the time for me just to say, oh, I just, you know, I just want to run through the flowers. I don't want to get involved in all that kind of stuff. It's going to be okay. I'm just going to live my life and it's going to be out. You don't have, you're not going to have a chance to live your life. You're not going to have a chance to live your life. How about another one here? Let's go to Isaiah 64.1. Isaiah 64.1. I love this one. <laughs> oh, man, this has been my prayer all week. It says, oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down. <laughs> Do you know in the end time, when you read the book of Revelation, that it says that, that when God does rend the heavens and come down, when he rolls the heavens up like a scroll, that there are people on this earth that will crawl in caves and, and roll rocks on top of them and say, go away from us. Don't look at us. Don't have anything to do with us. We don't want to have anything to do with you. How stupid can you get if, if God rolls the heavens back and he shows up? You might say, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I think you're in charge. I'd like to change sides. <laughs> right? Not, oh, go away from me. Holy cow. But oh, that men would rend the heavens and that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. This is the lion. As fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down, the mountains shook at your presence. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by ear, nor has I seen any God besides you who acts for the one, look at that, who waits for him. Folks, listen to me. I know you guys. I know y'all out there watching. You're good people, man. You've been loving God for years and walking with him for years. And, you know, every once in a while we get into those things, some hardship comes upon us and we're trying to pray and get through this and try to figure out why God didn't answer in prayer quick enough and all this. But things are changing. Things are going to change real quick. And what's going to happen really quick is the line is starting to roar and he's had enough. And we have to be the radical Christians who stand up because you already were radical Christians. You're a radical if you're watching this program. You're a radical if you're sitting in this building for sure. You know what the definition of radical it means? Extreme, this is Webster's, extreme changes in existing views. That means radical. Can I not 
get an amen from y'all tonight that if you have had extreme changes in existing views, hello, every one of us, we've had extreme changes in existing views or habits. That means you're a radical because you're willing to change your views. You're willing to read your Bible and pray and say, hey, God, what, what should I do? And he said, oh, I want you to forgive your enemy. Okay, well, I'll forgive him. You changed your view. It's not what you want to do, but you changed your view. You've been a radical. You're in church on Wednesday night. You're not tuned into the television program. You're sitting here watching live feed instead of, you know, whatever would be on on a Wednesday night. Are you all with me? You're already radical. But now you've got to start looking at, and quit looking at yourself like I was looking at me as a pastor saying, oh, we just got this little church out here in the middle of the land that time forgot. And, and you know, and I'm just doing the best we can to keep these little sheep kind of cuddled up here and try to get the birds out of their hair and help them along in life and, and all this and find out, you know, there ain't nobody preaching the gospel. That at least you guys have heard the truth. Ain't nobody preaching nothing. And so now I'm looking at it thinking, wow, this is, what, this is amazing what you're about to do then, God. What you're going to take and do and use with the utopia and these disciples that we've gotten, these people that we've invested in and that really are radicals, but we've, you know, been kind of in a lull. Because the bottom line is, church, it's been pretty easy to be living in America over the last, you know, 10 years, 15 years. Oh, man, are you glad you weren't raised in Venezuela? Huh? Yeah. I mean, Mexico. I'm just telling you, we've had it pretty easy as far as conditions go. But now things are crazy. And they're not going to get better after the election. I don't know how many days we're out now, 40-something days uh, to the election. It's not going to get better after the election. It's going to get worse. Until the Christian church rises up and says, enough's enough. We're not putting up with this. Judge, you're not going to act like that. Judge, you're not going to do that. We're not going to put up with that. We, I don't know what we got to do, but if there's any rioting and burning anybody out in pitchforks and torches, it's going to be us running you out because you are an ungodly judge. You are an ungodly administrator. You are an ungodly, you know, whatever. Because, see, the church has always been taking a passive role and said, well, we're just going to, you know, we just pray for him. We just love him and everything's going to be okay. But the line's about to roar. And when the line comes back, he ain't going to come back no little going, meh. He coming back with a rod of iron in his hand. And a roar that's so loud that the earth shakes, the mountains shake, the heavens shake, and that his people gather to him. That's what's about to happen. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I don't know exactly. I can't sit here. I can't go into. I, I'm not holding back from you. I'm telling you everything that I feel in my heart and I know. But I'm just telling you, I know this is about to happen. And maybe it has been happening and I'm just now hearing. I don't know. Maybe I'm behind the ball. I don't know. But I just know that I'm going forward because I'm, I'm seeing. We, you know, we've got to, folks, rescue as many people as we possibly can. Because there's people out there bound in afflictions. There are people right now bound in sickness, bound in sin, bound in addictions, bound in alcoholism, bound in all these things that the devil has worked on. That Those people don't want the rocks to fall on them. They really want to have a relationship with God, but they don't know how because they've been hoodwinked by the devil. They got over, they slipped off, they fell in the tank, and they got dirty. And in, in the 
army that God's going to rise up, it's not going to be an army of pulpiteers. It's going to be an army of people who are bold enough to walk out and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Those that are bold enough to lay hands on the sick and see them get healed. (laughs) I want to show you one more scripture. Uh, Go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 7. Matthew 10, 7. Then I want to quit at this. Jesus is telling his disciples. He's telling his disciples what to do. So these guys are novices. All right? These guys are not professional ministers. These guys have not been sitting in years and years of Bible school. They've simply been appointed and anointed to go out and do the work that Jesus told them to do. And it says in verse 7, he tells them, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Look at this, verse 8. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely you give. What a tall order. Yeah, if there's any dead in town, just raise them. Did those guys have any experience raising the dead? The guy at the funeral parlor, he's just about to think he's going to make some money. And one of the disciples walk in, okay, Jesus said we're supposed to raise it. What do we do? How do we do this? I don't know, guys. I don't know. I guess get on with the other side of his arm. I don't know. We'll just pray with raising him up. Read the name of Jesus. He's a pop. guy pops up. See, but we've got this. We've, we've allowed the, the, the did, oh man, I heard this. Where did I hear this? In England, I cannot call it the name of the town. I, heard, I saw this on a documentary the other night. That when Karl Marx was starting his communist manifesto and he was in a town in England, he was preaching and he was preaching and he was preaching to try, you know, you can call it preaching. It's his doctrine and uh, the manifesto and trying to get it out there and get everybody to become communist, Right. There was a problem he had that he finally had to leave the town and go off to Germany in order to, to uh, and then Russia rather, uh, to get everything worked out. You know who was in town that lived in the same town that he was starting to preach at? Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon was in the same town. And Spurgeon just countered everything that he had to say, preached against everything that was going on, preached against whatever. And then, you know, we all know who Charles Spurgeon and what he turned out to be. The gospel defeated it in that town in England, and he had to leave, Karl Marx. Because a man was bold enough to be bold as a lion and stand up and preach against what was going on and won victory. So what I'm saying to y'all is if the, the, the command to the disciples in those days was to go out and just go ahead and raise a few dead folks, heal everybody that's sick. Then, I mean, just think about that. What would it look like an army of believers around here that truly were radical enough to be empowered enough to go forth with that mandate on them? But we've allowed the devil to hoodwink us. We've allowed the devil to come in there and talk us out of what's rightfully ours. We've allowed the devil to come in there and sow his bad doctrine into our lives until that song that we sang that we need to break every chain is the chains that we need to break over our own lives so we can truly be the Christians and men and women of God that he called us to be radical, spirit-filled, word-talking, preaching believers going out into this world and saying, look, 
This is the way it goes. There is a God. He's going to rend the heavens and come down. There is a lion. He's called Jesus. He's going to roar. And if you're his child, you'll come to him. If not, you better find a rock to crawl under and hope it lands on top of you. Folks, you've got to understand, not everybody's going to get saved. I, I, I mean, I hate to, hate to be the bearer of bad news, but not everybody's going to get saved. There's many called, but few are chosen. And it's not that he didn't choose them. It's that they won't choose him. I told my wife, come in, just driving in here. I was thinking about this whole message. And I said, do you realize, do you realize that Egypt, all the miracles that took place in Egypt, that there was no revival in Egypt, that the Egyptians didn't leave with the Israelites. Now, there may have been some. There could have been like a servant who had some sense that said, I don't know, but when they're leaving, I'm going with them because, bless God, I see God moving. He's a God that's making the heavens and the frogs and the, the blood and everything. I'm going with him. I'm not going to go over and worship that old pillar no more. There may have been some, but I'm talking about Pharaoh, all the people, an army, all of those. They didn't, there wasn't revival and they didn't, they saw the miracles. They saw God moving. They saw all the great things going on, but they didn't, they didn't convert. And so in this move of God coming up into the end time and what's going on, there's going to be people that aren't going to convert. You're just going to have to just accept that. There's going to be people that are going to go to hell. That's why I got to preach a message on hell because hell is hot and sin ain't right. God is holy and Christ is coming and righteousness will prevail. And there are people going to go to hell. We don't want them to, but that's what's going to be their choice. All right. But we got to get out there and gather all the sons when the lion roars to come into the house of God. That's who we got to be looking for. Those are the people that we've got to be praying for. We've got to be ministering to. We've got to go out there and reach the ones that are hearing the voice of the lion roaring because Jesus is going to roar. You got to understand this in the spirit. And when he roars in the spirit, that's when things are going to happen. In the natural. It's going to always take place in spiritual first. And I think he's clearing his throat. I think he's. I think he's getting ready. And I think the angels are starting to get a rhythm going and they're beating some drums out. They kind of got some war drums going and it's kind of getting built up. And then he's going to step out. He's going to roar. When he roars, we're going to see a move of God in America like we've never seen before. Now, let me just say this in ending. The devil always overplays his hand. In the 60s movement, when there was all the things going on, you know, in the hippie movement and all the drugs and the free love and all this kind of stuff, at the same time there was a Jesus movement going on. People were getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And so on one hand, the devil had LSD. and the other hand, God had the Holy Ghost. People getting baptized in the Holy Ghost, getting drunk in the Spirit. And these people over here on LSD losing their minds. Okay. So what's going on now? Radical, looting, against, against people, against Christians, going in there bold, in people, everybody's face, all this stuff going on. Well, if that's the precursor of what God's going to do with them, I guess you boys better watch out because it's going to turn around and go the other way. Except this time it's jerking them out of the fire, getting them saved. It's rescuing them from the pit of hell. 
And it's, it's the radicalness of looting their lives of mess that they're in and getting them out and back in to heaven. I got a honk honk. <laughs> Still got honkers out there. So you see what I'm saying? That's what they're doing, but that's just the counterfeit of what the line is going to roar and then whoosh. So we go out and raise a few dead folks. They shot Charlie. Okay, I'll be over there in just a minute and get him. Raise him up. Get up, Charlie. <coughs> Spit that bullet out. You're okay. <laughs> Hello? So what I'm talking about, radical Christianity. And I'm getting excited because I like radical things. I've been living radical for Jesus all the time, and I'm ready to get something stirred up. Amen? So y'all want to be a part of that? Well, tune in Sunday because we're going to have round two. Probably some of round one that we just had tonight and then going into round two. And so uh, praise God. But I'm telling you what, God's going to do it. Amen? Amen? So I would say to each and every one of you, you should be preparing your heart right now. As, a, as if you had dinner guests coming over and you were going to make sure you had the proper foods and the salt and pepper shaker was filled up and, and you know, you, or whatever you would be doing to get a, a table set and get a dinner ready to have your you know, friends come over and eat. That's what you should be doing right now in Preparation for Jesus about to roar. Now, so when we need to get out of sin, we need to, the things the Holy Ghost has been dealing with us, because I'll get into this more, but the Holy Ghost is the convicting factor on this earth. Things that you're convicted in, you need to fall on your face and repent. Get, get, get through with it. Quit it. Don't live in that anymore. Repent. Fall down and say, I don't, Jesus, I don't want to live like this anymore. Deliver me, and he will. And so, You've got to get your hearts ready because you don't want to miss this. You do not want to miss this episode of Jesus, the lion who roared is going to be a good one. Amen. So what I want you to do is stand up. I'm going to pray over you. If you have offerings tonight, Bill's got the, 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 the offering bucket back there in the back. And, uh, I'm going to pray over your offerings, pray over your finances. Man, I just praise God for that. Because you see what's about to happen. Listen, you've got to understand something. When the lion roars, see, if you're on the right side, you're going to see blessings like you've never seen blessings before. I'm telling you, you're getting ready for days of blessing. Those of you who are radically going to live for Jesus, you're going to see days of blessings like never before. You're going to see finances come in. You're going to see miracles. You're going to see things that you've prayed for for years happen instantly overnight. All right? But if you're not... Living for Jesus radically, mm. it's not going to be pretty. So I want to pray for you. Father, right now, I just declare right now, I bless these people tonight. I bless everybody out there that's listening and watching, Lord. I just declare right now in Jesus' name that, you're, you, that Lord, we're going to hear the lion roar. We're going to hear your voice, Lord. We're going to be walking with you, and we are going to be the, the people in the army of God that go out into this world and see these, these great, great, great things happen. Lord, we want to prepare our hearts. I say, Lord, you, you, you start with our hearts. We, that's where we want to be. Holy Ghost, bring conviction upon us where we're doing things that are wrong. We're not walking right with you. We want to be radical Christians for you, Lord.
And so, Lord, I just declare this night that you just pour your blessings out upon these people. You bless their finances. You bless their lives. You bless their bread. You bless their water. You bless everything that, Lord, that their hands touch. It will prosper. And I praise you for it, Lord. And I declare, Lord, where the enemy has set up traps for danger, I declare that those pits are filled up with dirt tonight and beautiful rose gardens grow on it. The devil says, what in the world happened? That was to be a pit. They were to fall in and hurt themselves, and it's a beautiful rose garden. So, Lord, I thank you for that tonight. I just received that word, Lord, for myself. That, Lord, the enemy's traps turn into beautiful rose gardens. And, Lord, bless these people tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.